Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and I'm joined by a man whose thirst for racing is only quenched by a good cup of tea. It's Chris Salisbury. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I've been waiting for that all day. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm very well, very well. Yep, that's, it's always nice to be on the mic, isn't it? It is, it is. And especially when we're talking Formula E um, and other interesting topics. Yeah, precisely. I mean, we love a bit of Formula E and the season's almost here as well, so even better, huh? It is, it is. In last episode I called it Formula E is so close, but I should have called it Formula E is so close this time. Uh, because we are, what are we? Are we 11 days, 10 days at the time of recording? 11 days at the time of recording. Yes. Uh, next next week, we'll have Formula E. We will. It's crazy. And so this episode, predictions. We all love them. We all have no idea what's going to happen, but we all try and predict it anyway. Yeah, we do. And some better than others, I fear. <laughs> What, is that uh, a slight at me or <laughs> you're... Oh, that's a dig at me because, you know, I'd, I was th- I've been thinking about this prediction all day, I won't lie. I'm just thinking, who do you think is going to win the championship? Just asking everybody. I don't know. Right, um, okay, that's good. So, I mean, I've got, I mean, I, I said that Sebastian Buemi was going to become a double world champion in season four and look at that turned out. So I've never been good at predicting Formula E, and uh, I doubt that'll change. So, um, yeah, don't quote me. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll get into media of the week first, and I'll start us off. I've got Carnival Row as my media of the week, Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. Uh, Carnival Row is a, a Victorian fantasy, and it's basically a... Uh, Victorian sort of style fairies and other different mythical creatures. Orlando Bloom is a guy called Rykoft Philistrate, and he's a refugee, and he's a detective, uh, and he's also got a refugee girlfriend from way back in the day when he was a soldier, which is Cara Delevingne, uh, and her name is Vignette. So there's the the usual uh, murders and other things happening uh, in Carnival Row. It's it's good. It's good. I think if you're into the fantasy setting, then it's definitely one to watch. Murder mystery, Victorian setting. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds quite good actually. I won't lie. It's uh sounds really interesting. What was Orlando Bloom's character called? His uh Rycroft Philistrate. Rycroft Philistrate, that's on par with Bandar Alasai, isn't it? It is, but but people just call him Philo, which makes it a lot easier. Philo, Uh, that is easier, yeah. Now I might watch that. Actually, I will watch that, it sounds quite good. Carnival Row. Carnival Row. What's your media of the week, Chris? So um, my media of the week is a TV show. Uh, And to keep on the, um, the theme of... Nostalgia. This one is also based in the past, uh, and it's based in Renaissance Italy. And my media of the week is Medici, uh, which is on Netflix. So it's a Netflix drama uh, portraying the rise of the Florentine banking family of the Medici. And there's two series. First one is called uh, Masters of Florence, and the second is the the Magnificent. 
And I mean, it's brilliant, really. I won't lie. Um, for those who, I mean, you might have heard of the Medici family through Assassin's Creed. Yes. You might have heard of them through um, history books, and it follows their story and their rise to power. And it follows the story of Cosimo de Medici and Lorenzo de Medici. And it's very political, uh, very violent at times. Uh, very exciting and there are many episodes as well so you can easily binge watch this i watched both series in the space of a week <laughs> um, which was incredible and it's got dustin hoffman in bradley james uh, richard madden who was in game of thrones of course and yeah check it out it's really good can't fold it excellent i'm probably gonna have a have a deep dive into that because yeah the assassin's creed games were quite quite a lot of hours in my teen years Mm -hmm. so yeah i'll definitely have a look and into the news autonomous race car competition to take place at indianapolis motor speedway in 2021 so this came through energy systems network the indy autonomous challenge which is a autonomous race to take place at the indianapolis motor speedway uh, IMS Energy Systems Network, Delara, and Clemson University join forces to power competition featuring a $1 million prize. And five universities have already registered. So this one, a little bit out there, um, it just hit my news feed and I looked at it and thought, okay, wow. There's actually quite a lot to get into here. Uh, and I will throw a link in the show notes because it is... There's a there's a lot to go through. Uh, I guess the main takeaway points are that we've got a five round system. Teams submit a short white paper uh, during the first round, and in the second round, teams must demonstrate uh, the automation of their vehicle by sharing a short video of an existing vehicle or participating in um, the Purdue University's self driving go kart competition. The Indy Autonomous Challenge Simulation Sponsor, which is ANSYS, A-N-S-Y-S, will supply its industry-leading VR experience driving simulator, and it's got some software and bits and pieces uh, for the teams to use in developing their autonomous vehicles uh, through the simulator, And and then there's a simulation race. The fourth round enables the team to test their actual vehicles at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, in advance of a head-to-head around the Oval, which is the $1 million prize, $250,000 for second and $50,000 for third. An interesting way to do it. And I was going to ask, would an Oval be harder than a street track for an autonomous car, Chris? Ooh, I've got no idea. Don't know anything about autonomous cars. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of just a different kind of challenge, really, isn't it? Because, I mean, with street trucks, you've got barriers. And then with oval and a speedway, hmm. I'm not sure because the thing is, with the oval, it is essentially equal, especially Indianapolis, because you've got four corners of similar radius and stuff. But the issue is, comes in, it comes in the speed, I suppose, because the faster you take those corners, the more difficult they become. Exactly. Huh. I think, hmm, I think, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, the link will be in the show notes. 
the the five universities that are registered already are Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Tech, or KAIST, Texas A and M uh, Transportation Institute. Uh, the University of Florida, the University of Illinois, and the University of Virginia. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I was hopeful that I'd see TUM, the Technical University of Munich, uh, considering their season alpha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is there any other universities you'd like to see? You know, any out of New Zealand would be great, wouldn't they? Yeah, they uh, would, yeah. That would be good. Um, hmm, don't know. Something from the UK would be quite nice, huh? I mean, why not, you know? Oxford Briggs University, if you're listening. You might not be, <laughs> but I shall promote it on my LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Canterbury University, which is well known as one of the, I guess, leading engineering universities, it's it's pretty high mm-hmm. on the on the international list. We don't have much, but um, that is one of the ones that really really stands out so yeah canterbury university anyone listening there you go look at us promoing everything eh? (laughs) well yeah i I just i I think part of part of uh this is that a team from your country you'd actually Uh support it and then you know the country the country as a whole might actually get behind it because you've got some massive universities there um one from korea texas Florida, Illinois, and Virginia. You know, I assume they're not small universities. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's it's got a lot of potential, and if you are able to get different universities, and you can turn it into a truly global uh, event, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Point of view cameras coming to Formula E. Maybe this one out of Sam Smith E Racing three six five. Uh, Point-of-view cameras mounted on drivers' helmets will be introduced into TV coverage of the ABB FIA Formula E Championship for Season 6. But, now there's a big but to this. Down the bottom of this article, it does say, E-Racing 365 understands that it will be at Formula E drivers' discretion whether they run with the cameras during race weekends, but 10 units will be initially available. So as a driver, you actually have to I guess sign on to it and say, yep, why not? I'll wear one. I would absolutely love to see this because IndyCar does it so well. And Formula One, well, I don't know because I don't have Formula One TV, but... um, Yeah, I think Formula One tried it in 2012, I want to say, or 13. I remember there's some onboard footage online from, I think it's Bruno, yeah, it would have been 2012, from Bruno Senna. Uh, turn one in Australia where Mark Webber just gets slightly airborne, I believe. Oh, wow. It's quite a cool onboard. Yeah, I think onboards would be quite cool for the likes of last season where we had just Nelson Piquet go over the top of Vern <laughs> uh, and then tagging Sims, like what his onboard would have looked like. Just things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I think it'd be great. I mean, it really brings the immersion as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it it's, would. Uh, it just really enhances that experience. I think it's a really good idea. Mm. And I would love to see it because, I mean, especially on street circuits. I mean, can you imagine um, Rome, for instance, with the jump? Oh. It would be, it'd be great because you'd get the first person perspective. And even then, the whole Saudi Arabia track and going through, uh, I mean, that entire lap is so technical and really fast. 
yeah, I think that'd be quite good. I'd love to see that. Absolutely. Now, another one, Rudy Van Buren, the inaugural champion of the world's fastest gamer esports competition. He has joined Mahindra Racing as their second simulator development driver. This one uh, also out of eRacing365. Uh, he is 27 years old. Uh, their existing sim driver is Sam Deong. He beat over 30,000 applicants in the inaugural running of the world's fastest gamer. Obviously pretty decent, um, and he was actually doing some stuff for them last year, but he is now the official driver. Really cool. That is very cool. That's um, that's impressive, really. And what a chance as well, that's the thing. What a chance. I know it's um, uh, Enzo Benito who does some stuff with McLaren. He drives for the F1 esports team. I know he raced at the Race of Champions and beat Lucas Degrassi. Yeah, it's it's nice to see people get their, their chances. You know I mean, especially from esports and sim racing, because we saw Brendan Lee, I think it was, raced in uh, some single-seater races recently in uh, the UK. And um, we've had other drivers um, from the F1 esports. Uh, I think it's Symbolic Bassy, I want to say. But I might be entirely wrong. Yeah, it's really cool to see that. Because it's a lot of the esports guys were always want to be racing drivers and might never have had that chance. And then through gaming, they've managed to find that route and find that role. And I just think that's quite nice. It's very good. It is absolutely. I mean, you know, some of these guys that have a have a gaming setup, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That might be what they can afford. You know, they can't afford to sponsor a a car or you know, have a mechanic or, you know, these things are just out of reach, but it's really cool that even they, if they're good enough, they can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. That's the nice thing. And arguably, it also shows that racing games are becoming more and more realistic. They so, are, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm no good at them now. <laughs> I haven't played a modern one since F1 2014, so. Yeah, I mean, Gran Turismo used to use the walls. And just go around the outside. Okay. The reason why I turned on the computer this morning, the Formula E Season 6 predictions. You excited? I am very excited, yes. And there's a few similarities between us, but we'll just have a run through. Yeah, I copied you. You copied me, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we can't be wrong. Uh, Okay, so I'd like you to read out your team's championship uh, standings from bottom to top. So 12th to 1st. Okay, so in plum last, I'm confident, we have Neo Triple Three Formula E team. In 11th, we have Venturi Racing. 10th, Mercedes EQ. 9th, Porsche. 8th, Mahindra Racing. In P7, Geox Dragon. 6th, Panasonic Jaguar Racing. 5th, BMW. Fourth, Nissan Edams. Third, Envision Virgin Racing. Second, Audi. And in first place, DS to Cheetah. Mm, okay. I've got in 12th, Neo. 11th, Venturi. 10, Porsche. Uh, 9, Mercedes EQ. 8, Panasonic Jaguar. Uh, 7, Mahindra. 6, Geox Dragon. 5, BMW i Andretti. Number 4, Audi Sport Apt Schaeffler. Number three, Envision Virgin. 
number two, Nissan Edams, and of course, Diaz de Cheetah on top. Quite similar. Uh, I see mm-hmm. that uh, the number 12, number 11, and uh, there's a bit of a switch between us for Mercedes EQ and Porsche. You've got Mercedes in at number 10. I've got them in at number nine instead of 10. I think the glaring one here is I've got Jaguar in at eight, and you've got it in sixth. Have I? Oh, so I have. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. I mean, considering what we were talking about last episode, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm, I can't remember what I said. Uh, I, I say a lot of things and then um, forget them. <laughs> um, th- yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, the thing is, this is one of the most difficult things I've had to do in the past week. Because you think about it initially, you think, oh, yeah, dears to cheetah, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, Neo, last as always. Yeah. Um, and you think it's quite easy. And then when you put pen to paper, you start to think, this is actually really hard. And separating these teams was such a challenge because one second covered the top 22 drivers in testing. Yeah, all of them did consistent running. You've got teams such as Geox Dragon who let us look like they're better return to form. Some some driver lineups have rookies in them, such as Jaguar, um, like James Collado compared to Mitch Evans. There's a distinct difference in experience there. And then you've got strong established teams like DS Tachita with uh, De Costa and Verne. So it is such a tricky prediction to make. But I think some of them are given. Like we, we know that Neo won't win the championship this year. I think that's fair enough. With Venturi, it's very much a transition year with the new Mercedes powertrain. With Mercedes and Porsche, it's their first year. It's that top eight. That's where the, 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 the challenge comes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I've got Nissan second, mm-hmm. and you've got them fourth. Why you got them fourth? Yeah. I just think Sebastian Buemi, that's the thing. Like, I, I think Sebastian Buemi's great, and I'm basing this off experience. So I've put Audi Sport in second, and that is simply because it is Audi and Lucas Degrassi and Daniel Apt. They're, they have more race starts between them than any other um, driver lineup in the entire series. Mm-hmm. And then in Vision Virgin, Robin Frines is obviously brilliant. And then Sam Bird is obviously a very reliable driver as well. Whereas with Nissan, you've got Buemi, very good. And you've got Oliver Rowland, who obviously had a fantastic rookie season last year, but was involved in some incidents. And that's the whole rationale behind my thinking. Like, And then the thing is, these in my mind, these teams are only separated by like five to six points, potentially. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be that close when it comes down to it. It's just... I think, it, if anything, it shows how small the margins will be this season. The tiniest mistake could cost you big time. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we saw that last season with one point between Nissan and Virgin as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, alrighty. It is that close to call. It's, it's terrifying. <laughs> it is, it is. And I guess it'll be the same with the Drivers' Championship. We're just doing the top 10 for the Drivers' Championship because we would be here all day otherwise debating it. (laughs) Okay, I'll start us off. Pascal Verlein in at 10. 
Maxi Gunter in at nine, Sam Bird eight, Mitch Evans seventh, Oliver Rowland in at sixth, Lucas Degrassi in at fifth, Antonio Felix da Costa in at number four, Sebastian Buemi in at three, Jev in at two, and Robin Frains. He is picked for the Drivers' Championship. That's a good prediction, to be fair. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be close between him and Jev. I think he'll be the main protagonist. Uh, mm-hmm. Buemi, obviously sniffing around. No, that's that's where it's going to go. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I think it's a good prediction, especially with Frains last season. He won two races, obviously, and he ended. I mean, he was driving New York, and the final race was oof, dominant. It was very good. And yours? So, my prediction is a little bit different uh, to yours. Uh, in at number 10, we have Nico Muller. You're a big fan of Nico, yep. I am, yes. Uh, everyone knows that. Ninth, Sam Bird. Eighth, Danny Lapt. Seventh, Max Gunther. Sixth, Robin Frines. Fifth, Antonio Felix da Costa. Fourth, Lucas Degrassi. Third, Mitch Evans. Second, Sebastian Buemi, and first, Jean-Éric Verne. And it was very difficult deciding between Buemi and Verne for me, who was the top. So you reckon a three-peat? Mm-hmm. Wow. And Mitch Evans in third? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got a... I've just got a feeling about Jaguar. That this is the thing I think they've... I said this in the last podcast, uh, to be fair, so you could... Anyone listening could... Pause right now and go to that because I'm going to say the exact same thing. It is distinct experience and the team improves year on year. That's the only thing that I've got in my mind. And the running that they did in testing was very positive. It was a fast car, it was a reliable car. They did a lot of running. For me, Mitch will be a contender. If they're able to bring the consistency, well, beefen up the consistency that they had in season five, Mitch can be up there very easily with the team's championship, just to explain it. I think I purely put Jaguar down there because of James Collado in the second car. I think it's impossible to expect him to perform as well as Mitch Evans, who now has ooh, three seasons, season three, four, three seasons of experience under his belt. So, Yep, no, that's a fair call. Um, you got Robin Frains in at sixth. What's your sort of thinking on that one? It's, it's quite low, I would have thought, for Robin. But, I mean, if he has the sort of luck he had last season, it's, it's going to be there. That, that's the thing. That's the thing. It was, it was the mm, luck. Um, yeah. The thing is with Robin Frines, when something bad happens and something else that's negative happens and it keeps on going like that, it gets in a bit, stuck in a bit of a rut. Um, really. I mean, I'm, I remember in one of the interviews after New York, he genuinely turned around and goes, I'm so glad that this season is over because, you know what I mean? Uh, he was, yeah, by the end, he was so exhausted. Yeah, he'd just given up on it. I see that Pascal Verlein's in your top 10. He is. I've got him pegged for a win for the first race of the season. So <laughs> I've got to say, you know, he's going to get some points at least. But um, yeah, I think Mahindra going to go okay um, and he'll squeak into the top 10. I was going to put uh, Alexander Sims there. But I thought mm, he might just miss out. I think that's fair. Yeah, I've I've noticed you haven't got Daniel Apt in the top ten. No, no, I don't. Oof. Yeah, I have uh, Audi in at number four. Uh huh. 
and I think uh, Degrassi will be getting most of the points. I think that makes sense, really. I'd say Daniel Apt, 12th in the championship. Hmm. This is the thing with Apt, it's a make or break season for him, in all honesty. It is. It's such an important year. It's such an important year. And if he makes, oh, so much could go wrong. So much could go wrong. (laughs) It could, especially with Nico Muller in in that dragon car. Exactly. Oh, and you've got, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got him right behind Apt, really. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. That'll be interesting to see. Now, I put it out on Twitter and Reddit, and thank you Reddit people, because I got nothing from Twitter, absolutely nothing, so shame on you. <laughs> but Reddit came back with quite a few people uh, with the Teams Championship and Drivers Championship. So thank you very much for that, or else we'd have nothing to read. Okay, this one is from user Stroll for Pole. And Ooh. yeah, that's a, a very good name. That um, is very good. He he gets into into Q3 on the odd occasion, but uh, here we go. <laughs> the team's championship, he's got Neo down the bottom, 11th Dragon, 10 Porsche, 9 Venturi, 8 Jaguar, 7 Mercedes, 6 Mahindra, 5 BMW, 4 Audi, 3 Virgin. Nissan in second, and to Cheetah up the top. And the drivers, I'm not going to read them all, uh, but he's got Van Dorn in at number nine, which is quite cool. Uh, Frains all the way down, number eight. Uh, Buemi winning the championship. Yeah, Mm. I mean, it's going to be close between those two, and that's probably a pretty Mm -hmm. good prediction, to be fair. Yeah, I think it's quite a good prediction as well. Uh, From Mutton Chop Viking. Love that name. That's even better than Stroll on Pole. In the team's championship, he's got Neo down the bottom, 11th Dragon, 10th Venturi, Mahindra, Porsche, Jaguar, Merck. Merck in at 6th. I'm not sure about that. Mutton it's Chop. quite ambitious, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, I've got I've got Dragon in at 6th, so what do I know? 5th um, BMW, Virgin 4, Audi 3, Nissan, and then to Cheetah. And in the drivers, he's got Gunther in 10th. I think he'll be floating around there. Um, Frains in at number nine. Um, yep, hopefully not. Uh, Roland in second, and DaCosta winning the title. Now that's a big prediction right there. That is, that is that very is a big. Very big prediction. He's got Vernon three, Degrassi fourth, and Buemi down in fifth. So Roland absolutely destroying Buemi and DaCosta. Never mind that. I'm, I'm seeing Andre Lotterer in sixth. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> it looks like it belongs there, and then you realise that he's in the Porsche. Yeah, I didn't even. Wow. I skipped over that. I, I didn't even see that either. I've just noticed it. He's got wow. some other bits and pieces down here as well. Bonus predictions: Lotterer gets a win. Wow! If Porsche get a win, I think they'd be very happy. I think they would be absolutely maiden season win. Uh, Massa mm-hmm. DNF six times, and De Vries outscores Stoffel. I just don't think so. No, I don't think I don't think uh, Devry will outscore Stoffel. I can't see Andre getting the win, and I really hope that Massa doesn't DNF six times. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be very sad. Some very good predictions. Very, very good predictions there. Okay, another one. This is just uh, the teams championship from Chromaneus, Neo, Dragon, Porsche. Jaguar in at number nine. Oof. Uh, Mahindra, Venturi in at seven. 
So he's putting some faith in Venturi mm. there. Mercedes in at sixth. Nissan, Audi, Virgin, BMW, and Tachita. So thank you very much for that one. And from Crashmaster SOAD, which is what I can assume system of a down. Drivers Championship, Van Dorn in at 10. That's a good prediction. Uh, Verline in at number 9. Gunther in at 8. Boemi, Bird, Frains, Degrassi, Evans, Verne, and DaCosta. Ooh. Hmm. A- again, people think that DaCosta might get on top of Verne. Mm-hmm. DaCosta could be a challenger this year, really. I mean, last year the consistency let him down, but in, in the DS to Cheetah, which looks to be a quick car, and has been for the t- past two seasons, he could really, really do some damage, you know, very easily. I think he'll... Um, I was about to say, I think he'll win races, but I'm not going <laughs> to say anything so boldly. You never know. You never know. Uh, okay, yeah. and the teams, Neo, Venturi, Porsche, Dragon, Mercedes, Mahindra, Nissan, Jaguar, BMW, Audi, Virgin, and on top to Cheetah. So Crashmaster's got Virgin, uh, the customer beating Audi, uh, and to Cheetah on top once again. Virgin could very easily beat Audi, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's very feasible. I think comparing the two driver lineups, I was oof. I would arguably say that Virgin has the stronger one, in all honesty, because Sam Bird is reliable when he's not getting crashed into by uh, Jose Maria Lopez. And Robin Frines is fast on his day. Looks to grass, he's always, always quick, always reliable and always argumentative. And then Daniel lapped, Daniel lapped. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be close up the top, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, everyone, for sending those in. And uh, if you're listening, hi. And uh, yeah, keep listening to the coverage. We are going to have uh, quite a bit over this season. And also, finally, uh, at Huzu Graphics on Twitter, we'll be doing episode artwork for every race review episode. So thank you in advance for that, uh, Huzu. I'll link to his work, um, and I think it's already in the show notes, but yeah, <laughs> his other works are available on our website as well, which is regenracingpodcast.com. Well, that's great news. It is, and the previews of the Arderia, or Deria, uh, ones are coming through, and they're looking really, really cool. Really cool. So, looking forward to those. Any final thoughts from you, Chris, before we end it? Will Neo get points this year? Yes, of course they will. Do you think? Yeah, Turvey will get a point somehow. Mm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they will. You don't think they will? That is a bold bold prediction. It is. It's as bold as saying that Felipe Massa is going to DNF six times. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um, I mean, that's what I put out there. I mean, mind you, to be fair. DeVries beating Stoffel as well. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, some really good predictions there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just have to see. The next time you'll hear from us will be after the race one. Yes, that's very true. Oh, wow. That season's almost here. It is almost here. I think we're probably going to have to do two episodes, uh, race one and two from Deria. Because, yeah, there will be a load to get through. So I think we'll do it that way. But uh, if you want to get in touch with us with some other crazy predictions, you can find us on Twitter at Regen Racing. 
Also, uh, hello at regenracingpodcast.com on the email uh, and various other places all across the internet. But uh, I think probably mostly on, on Twitter. Well, thank you for listening. This has been Regen, the e-racing podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Um, just on the side note, Chris, you're quite hot. You might want to turn down the gain a bit. Am I hot? for a minute. I heard a slurp there on your tea. <laughs> so much slurp right now. So much slurp. Um, I'm thinking. Ah, that was good.